Hello, lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again, uh, and we have a, a fun one in store for all of y'all today. Um, we are welcoming on for the first time ever on this show, uh, the former real mean girl, uh, now simply known as Misdemeanor. Danny Jordan. Uh, you know her from her time in AEW through the pandemic. You know her from Southern Honor. She's been on action wrestling shows. She's been at IWE. Um, she's been all over the, the country wrestling. And um, I was really excited to get a chance to sit down and, and chat with her uh, about her experiences in pro wrestling, especially, you know, with her being out with injury for almost two years at this point and finally getting back into the ring just a couple of months ago. Um, it seems like a, a good restart in a way um, for, for Danny. And I was very happy to have the chance to sit down and talk with her a little bit about that, as well as the rest of her journey through pro wrestling and, and that sort of thing. And especially down in, in the Georgia independent scene, you know, you know, traveling a little bit of that road that was uh, paved ahead of her by, you know, people like Simon Sermon and and AC Mack and Ashton Starr, even though, you know, Ashton and AC are very much her peers <laughs> this time as well. But it just shows you, like, how quickly we are progressing um, in terms of, you know, the areas that we are working in in the pro wrestling world. And it's really awesome to see. So um, very excited for all of y'all to hear that conversation here. Um as we get stacked for a packed weekend <laughs> of pro wrestling, you know, both Uncanny and Hood Slam are running this weekend. Um, and those shows are going to be amazing to see. But um, I do want to take a special moment here real quick to uh, say congratulations to Edith Surreal. Obviously, you know, Edie is a, is a friend of the show. She's been on the show multiple times. She designed our logo um, now that, you know, was previously on our, our first run of merch, which is still available at brainbustertees.com. Um, but, uh, you know, she announced that she's getting married and she's going to be taking a little bit of a break from the ring, um, after October. And, you know, I am so stupendously happy for her, um, in this, this life moment that she is having. And, uh, all of us here at LGBT in the ring just want to offer the the greatest of congratulations to her and um and it's just a beautiful thing to see i think that's the only thing else i can say to it. it's beautiful to see life continue to grow and and happiness continue to grow and that sort of thing and um yeah just amazing i love to see it well with that being said let's jump into my conversation with misdemeanor danny jordan What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I'm very pleased to have as my guest this week someone who has been honestly uh, doing great stuff in the pro wrestling world down in, in, especially in the Southeast. You know, you know her from Southern Honor. You know her from AEW. You know her from uh, IWE, a uh, company where she was the women's champion for, uh, I, I lost count on how many days that was. I believe <laughs> Ooh, the last thing I counted was like 294. So Ooh, that's a big I, number. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, ooh, yeah, I'd have to go back and and 
and backtrack because it's been so long now, but I have on a whiteboard um, behind me actually, mm -hmm. uh, a little Polaroid of me and the belt and <laughs> day number whatever. And I would just mark it every day. So love it, love it, it, of course. So the last um, thing I said was day 294. So I didn't get to 300 yet, so. That's all right. There's time. Of course, that voice you hear is one, uh, the real mean girl, but now simply misdemeanor, mm -hmm. Danny Jordan. How are you right. doing today, Danny? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing all right. I'm glad we were able to get the chance to sit down and chat. You know, we, we met for a little bit during WrestleMania week down there That's for right. the, the out in the ring documentary screening and you know, that was a that was a fun little experience there to, to have this the film screened during the one of the probably the biggest wrestling weekend of the year. Right. Um, yeah, right. That was yeah, fun. it was. It was a whole lot of fun. But I'm I'm happy to have you on the show so we can sit down and talk a little bit more about about Danny Jordan and this yeah. journey that that you've been on here. Um, cause it's been really fun to, to watch like your growth, like from, you know, your time at Southern honor and your time at, you know, at action wrestling and various companies down there in Georgia and that sort of thing. And then seeing your profile rise with AEW, uh, and then now ultimately like you being out of the ring for over a year and finally getting back into it for the first time in the past couple of months, like it's been a minute, but it doesn't seem like you've missed too much of a beat. Thank you. Um, I'm trying. I, I'm training and everything. I think I could be, I think I could step it up another notch. That's for sure. Um, just seeing my in-ring work now. I wanted to come back and just like impress, but at the same time, not put too much stress onto myself. Impress, but not stress, you know? So mm -hmm. that's what I was, that's, that's my goal for coming back. Um, but yeah, th I've been getting a lot of compliments on like, oh, you look like you haven't missed a beat. So that's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cause I feel like I came back like three years, five years older, all of a sudden and like, Oh, it's so weird. I feel like I went through like a time loop. It feels really like, a, like a second COVID to me, just me. Mm. So I don't know. Um, that's what it felt like. Cause technically I got hurt and I stepped out when I was like 27 and now I'm 29. So it's like, <laughs> to me, it's very dramatic of a difference. Um, but it, to others, it like flew by, you know? So mm -hmm. I mean, that's always how those things go, right? Like if you're the person experiencing it, it feels so much longer and so much more right. arduous than the people that are outside looking in, right? Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I was the one that had to just sit here and live like a normal life day to day and be bored out of my mind and not, you know, do something fun. So <laughs> I'm back. I'm ready. <laughs> no, that, that's awesome to see. Like, I do want to like kind of talk about like the origins of Danny Jordan a bit here, but like, let's, let, let's talk a little bit more about like that process of coming back actually now. Cause that, that was something I wanted to ask you about, like being out of the ring for, you know, nearly two years at this point due to the, the arm injury that you had. And like, what was that process like for you? Like, like whenever that happened and like, basically how did you kind of like view yourself over that period whenever you knew that you were going to be out of the ring for so long? How did I what? How did I view myself? Yeah, how did you view yourself? Like, where were you at, like, confidence-wise? Like, what was your relationship with wrestling at any at that point, any in any form? Um, it was very bitter. Um, I, I'll be honest, a hundred percent. Like, I was very upset at everything. Like, I couldn't, I didn't watch it at all. Nothing. Um, 
not a single bit of anything really. Um, occasionally I'd be at the gym and I would watch, I would research my own matches. Cause sometimes I do that just to like inspire myself and be like, okay, you need to get better. Cause I, you know, I don't see other people as my competition. I just see myself as my competition. So I'm going to watch myself when I'm at the gym or something to just, like I said, to just motivate myself and give me that extra boost. Like, okay, you need to be better. You need to do better at this, this, and this, but at the same time, be like lighter on myself and, and ease myself into coming back. Um, all my friends were very respectful of my boundaries, like not really pushing me, not really pressuring me to come back. Um, Cause they knew where I was feeling like mentally, like what, what I was where I was at, what I was thinking about the industry. Like I just let all these negative things over overflow my mind. And um, it was really bad for a little while. And then, um, and then some things changed. A lot of personal stuff happened. And I realized like why I was out. Um, Cause everything happens for a reason. So it, you know, I didn't figure that out for like a whole other year, but a lot happened in that year and a half, like a lot. So it, it was a lot of time to be like, oh, okay, so that's why I was taken out for how long I was taken out. Like my mom moved closer to me, you know, she needs a little bit of help now. So I got to help her out a lot of different things. Like my grandfather passed, she needed help with that. Like, you know, family stuff, a lot of family stuff. Um, but yeah, so just a little personal side from me, but otherwise I just hated the industry. <laughs> and I was like, why do I hate it so much? Why am I not having fun anymore? And I was just kept reevaluating and thinking like, why am I not having fun anymore? And like I said, I didn't watch any wrestling, but when I did, it was like one of my friends, um, Tesha Price, formerly known as Tesha Price. Uh, what's her name now? Fallon Henley. I watched her. That was it. Just her. <laughs> she was like, Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be on TV tonight. And I was like, okay, bet. So I would turn it on just to support, you know, so I, I, something like that, I would, use to motivate myself or like Carly Bravo, you know, I would use my friends that are doing cool, fun things that like, I don't know if I would say I'm envious of, but like I look up to, cause I'm like, you know, that's where we all want to be, you know? So, so I look at those people with those positive mindsets and, and, um, and we just talk to each other and help each other out. And they just put more like positive vibes into my head and, and uh, a list of people, like not just those two, but like I could name everybody that helped, but, um, but I would say my friends helped me out to, to really get my mind back in it. Um, long story short, I feel a lot better about it now. Um, I'm coming in with like a brand new mindset, uh, like just fresh, if that makes any sense. I don't know how to really put that into words, but just like, I'm just trying to be fresh with it and just, uh, like a, like a nice breath of, new air and pure air and not any anything negative like i don't want anybody to crush my vibes right now i just want to like flow through life and and my career like at my own little pace my own little flow i don't want anybody to try to tell me what to do or tell me what direction to go or like this and that I just want to do me and that's that so that's how i'm kind of coming in now just i'm gonna do me and get to the top you know feels like it feels like almost like a new like place of peace with like re-entering the world of wrestling now. Yes. Yes. Especially because I got that time to live a normal life again. Like mm. I always said when I got into wrestling, what was I ever doing before this? Like I was not doing anything. I was bored. Like I would just work and come home and go back to work. Like 
you know, it felt like very repetitive, very, very routine. Um, and routine like that isn't really for me. Uh, it's very easy to fall into and feel like, like real comfortable doing that. But I was like, this isn't my kind of life. Like, it's not what I want to do. So once I found wrestling, it was so like, I felt like a child, you know, like just running around like, oh, look at this, look at that, look at this, look at that. I can do this, I can do that. So uh, so it was so much fun and so so exciting and and lots of different things to learn and to uh, challenge myself. And, and I like a good challenge. So especially a physical challenge, because I've never been that athletic, I don't think until wrestling, like that was a good thing to, to learn, you know, how to be really athletic. So, so uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> That's no worries. <laughs> I forgot where I was going. It says energy drink. Um, <laughs> yeah, your question was anymore. I completely lost. It's my <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Actually, I have, I have another question before we got to move off of this topic sure. here a bit because, like, you talk about this like new outlook, this new attitude for yeah, yeah. wrestling after going through with that negativity uh, period that you had with, with the injury and everything like that. How do you compare like your approach to pro wrestling in like the current day Danny Jordan versus like pre injury Danny Jordan? my career yeah like like how you look at like what you want to do in pro wrestling like how you're going to go about things like that sort of stuff like has that kind of shifted like in terms of like the path you want to take yes definitely um well yes and no uh the path that i wanted to take initially when i first started researching like how to be a pro wrestler like i typed that into google literally um (laughs) like what do you want what do they need from you so it said like three to five years of experience, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna go do that. So that's what I tried to do. So back then when I started, I was 23. So looking at it now, I'm like, wow, that's that's really young. Like now I look at 23 year olds as like a kid. I'm like, oh, they're still figuring it out, you know? So that's what I was back then. Like, I know people were like, oh, you're like, you're still figuring it out. Like you just got in this You're You don't know what to do or what you wanna be or who you are. And they were right. I didn't know who I was or what I wanted to be or what I wanted to do. I thought I knew, but I had like a general idea. So now that I'm a lot more mature and adult and I can like, I feel like I'm, I think a lot more clearly now, like obviously I don't know everything, but I think a lot more like thorough and, uh, and I try to make everything make sense. Like, I don't know, instead of just on the whim doing something, I guess. Um, so now I, I would just say I come into it a lot more mature. And like I said, I just don't want to, I want everyone to just let me do me and I want to go with the flow and just kind of use my vibe and and this and that. But like the goal has always been to kind of establish myself, make a name for myself, show what I can bring to the table um, and then, you know, get signed by a bigger company and then be with them for a while. my dream was always just to be in WWE and like signed trained from scratch and then thrown into the the wolves. But now I'm like, okay, like that didn't happen for a reason, you know, like my path was made out to me so that I could work for it. I had to work and I had to learn and figure it all out. So that's what I'm doing. And now I'm just coming in more adult. Mm. So I'm going to no. be smarter about my moves. You know what I mean? Like about yeah. the I go and the things that I do. And, and now I feel like I know who I am more as a person. Cause I, cause I've grown up a little bit more. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. That's an incredibly vital thing to have in any, yeah. in any profession or any path in life, not just pro wrestling. It's just have this I, a, a, actual concrete idea of who you are. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Like it's really it's hard so, to find sometimes. Which is interesting when you look at the world of pro wrestling and how like people like clearly define characters for the most part, right? And it's always like, you know, you have your your nickname, you have your like gear that ties into that sort of thing. You have like all these different facets that tie into this personality. But at the same time, like, you know, there are so many people in that world that outside of that don't have like that same feel, like grasp of of themselves yeah. as a person. A lot of them. Yeah. Which is something that during my time out, I got to realize that a lot of people don't know really how to live or how to live, especially healthy. Like that was a big eye opener too. Like I learned a lot about what I want to surround myself with and it wasn't what I was living. So when I'm in wrestling, honestly, like that's kind of like what I like to surround myself with, you know, like the good parts of that, like, obviously it's not all people get along and like not everybody meshes well together because there's so many people working together at once and there's like all different kinds of directions going so it can be chaotic but like low-key i love that <laughs> <laughs> i feel like at least so you have to have some modicum of love yeah. for that to be in the yeah. wrestling business <laughs> yeah like it just makes without it it would just be like way too smooth and perfect and like nothing's perfect so no we gotta rough it up a little bit yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned Googling how to become a pro wrestler. That's a perfect segue into the like the origins of Danny Jordan. So you you Google how to be a professional wrestler. At what point do you kind of discover WWA four? Um, in my Google searches, I discovered it. It came okay. up. Uh I think so I was living in Savannah, Georgia at the time with my mom. Um and I kind of just looked up the closest thing to near me at the time. Um, it was like 2016, something like that. And, uh, and I found the WWA4, but I found the really old website. So they had like a really, really old one. And then they had a new one that like nobody knew about yet. <laughs> except kids that were in the school. So <laughs> me not knowing anything, like you don't understand. I didn't know any wrestling at all like I just knew WWE and that NXT existed I had no idea anything else existed like hmm. I didn't know about impact I didn't know about TNA back in the day like I didn't know about NWA I didn't know about any independent scene didn't know who AR Fox was like <laughs> and he trained me so I didn't know any of these people um it was a whole new world for me to learn but and it still is because there's so much to learn. Like, I don't know everything or who everybody is. It's a lot. But like, that was my journey. I looked it up, found that school. I was like, okay, let me see how to, how to get there. So I worked on, I did, I worked my magic. I worked on moving here, ended up moving here, had somebody go look at the school for me. He was like, yeah, it's cool. Next time I come in, I look at the school. It was like closed. And mm. I was by myself. I was like, is this uh, is this a fake place? Like, what it, I thought I was being catfished because the website was super old. So it was all like real weird to me. And the place was right behind a strip club, like attached to it, but behind it. 
in downtown Atlanta. And I was like, am I being punked? What this place doesn't exist. The door had a little cat door at the bottom. And it said WWA four, like painted on the wall with an arrow towards it. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't the place. Like people go here and like wrestle and train and work out, and, like go on TV. I don't think so. But yes, <laughs> it was a real place. They were just closed that day when I went to go look at it. So I talked to the manager of the school. She was messaging me back and forth. She's like, oh, we're closed on Fridays. And I was like, oh, okay. But then I go back another time when they're open. I checked it out. My eyes were like wide open. As soon as I walked in, I looked at it. I was like, holy shit, this is cool. Like, this looks like fun. And and then it was, the rest is history. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it came to be. So I just Googled the school, found it. And I was like, okay, cool. Moved to Atlanta. And it was all meant to be too. Cause at the, at the time I was a server. So I would make a lot of cash and I would hide my cash all around the house. I don't do it anymore. So don't <laughs> anybody break into my house, <laughs> but I used to hide my cash like in random spots, like in my sock drawer or something like that. Right. So we moved houses or whatever we were living in. And my mom found like a bag of stuff of mine. And she was like, where did this, what is this money? It's a, it's in like a lunch bag and it says school written on it. And it was a thousand dollars. Exactly how much it was going to take for me to enroll in the WWA four. Mm. And I was like, wow, school, a thousand dollars. And she was like, is this for wrestling school? Like what, what, what is this? Is this a sign? Like who put this here? And I was like, I think I put it there for like college, but I didn't go to college. So here we are. I use that money. I went to wrestling school. Uh, I, I love the serendipity of it. Yeah. Right? yeah it's a beautiful <laughs> little thing. I was like, perfect. Exact amount of how much I needed to enroll in the school. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that you found the old WWA4 website because that's the <laughs> website that, like, cause I used to live in Atlanta and like, you know, oh, I, yeah. yeah. So like, I, was like looking around for like, you know, shows to go to and that sort of thing. And of course, WWA4 did shows every Thursday. Right. And so like, I, I remember, I vividly remember that old website. It is like burned into my brain. Yeah. Like I even, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like all the different colored text yep. all over everything. <laughs> I still, I was talking to AC Mac about this. I still have like, you know, like that, that old website like advertised like the DVDs they would send out to like people that were interested, um, right? No. Oh, okay. DVDs. Yeah, so it was. <laughs> so like there was like DVDs that like you could like order from them that were just like the basics of pro wrestling training, right? And it was like Elix Skipper and somebody like showing how to do like bumps and like body slams That's and crazy. stuff like that. No, I didn't see that at all. That's funny. Yeah, I still have those DVDs somewhere in this room, but like, like it's just, I don't know. Like, I think this is why I, I really enjoy talking to people who like went through WWA4 is because like, I, that reaction you had to the building, like being a behind a strip club, like, I feel like everybody that has approached that building has that reaction to some Absolutely. degree at some point. It's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and for but, anybody, uh, for anybody that's listening to this right now and judging, it's not behind a strip club anymore. <laughs> they no it's it. not don't worry <laughs> it's nowhere creepy <laughs> <laughs> 
no, but it, it's just a, such an interesting, interesting place. And to see like the people that have come out of that school as well, especially after AR Fox took over. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I feel like that was a, that was a great turning point for it too. Cause like a lot of, I don't know, not even turning point, just like a perfect timing. Like everyone that joined at the same time as he did too, like same time as he took over. I mean, like all the students that joined, it was just the perfect combination like chef's kiss like it couldn't have been a better class to get his feet on the ground too as a trainer because everyone had a really talented like vibe to them whether it was their performing or on their mic skills or their wrestling skills or whatever or their management skills or their referee skills like we had a combination of so many different talented people and and he's a great trainer too so like it's a I, I'm glad I chose that school yeah, that's that's what I've heard from from every WWE four graduate that I've that I've spoken to. It's just like the the it, the environment and like the like the the feeling of like freedom to explore your yourself and what you actually want to be in pro wrestling is so much more vibrant because of Fox's influence down there. Very much so. Yeah, he he has this good teaching technique of just modifying everything to your best ability, like whatever your strengths are, he'll find it and help you with it. Or whoever you like and envy more, like he'll ask you like, what are you, who are your favorite wrestlers, you know? And you can watch matches with him and pick up those things or he'll teach you why they're a good wrestler and why you might like them. And you didn't even know yet, like, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well. For speaking of that, like in in your like working with AR Fox there and like him starting to kind of help bring you along, like who were the people that that you spoke to him about, like like in terms of favorites or like who you wanted to be in person? Like what did he notice about you and 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 want to pull out of you? Um, we talked. We would talk about a lot of stuff. Like uh, Seth Rollins was my favorite at the time. Like my favorite current wrestler. Um, I watched him all the time. I loved his stuff. Um, thought he was a great baby face and a heel but uh since like i said i didn't know anything about wrestling before i actually started the school i hated seth rollins so it worked on me because he was like a big heel at the time so like i hated him but once i became a wrestler i realized how good he is at like all of it and i and i said oh my god he's my favorite so he was my favorite and um also the miz Dolph ziggler um all of those guys I looked up to, uh, John Cena is my favorite. I first day of wrestling school, fun fact, I walked in with a John Cena backpack that I still have. <laughs> um, and then the women, he would always try to, to find the women to help me with. Uh, he showed me, he was like, you should watch a lot of like, um, Candice LeRae, he brought up, um, mm. he brought up Ember Moon at the time. Cause him and Ember Moon actually used to tag team together. So that that's a cool fun fact. Um, and who else, who else, Tony storm, um, once I found out about her and then once I found out about Kylie Ray also, uh, we would, you know, kind of like, I would talk about her too sometimes, but the people that mostly inspired me were the, the four horsemen of WWE. So, you know, Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, Sasha, um, those are my faves to watch, um, so I'd watch a lot of them as well and just kind of, you know, nitpick I can, the list goes on, you know, like, but yeah, those are the main, the main people. So like, let's say if I wanted to work on more selling, we'd watch a lot of Dolph Ziggler, um, you know, or Shawn Michaels, 
uh, yeah. And then yeah. he would use those training tactics in the middle of the ring too. You know, like in the in the ring, he'd be like, you know, you want to learn how to do like Falcon Arrow, and I'd be like, yeah, because Seth Rollins does that. You know, so things <laughs> like that. He would just make it more fun for you. No, but but yeah, like it seems like that that air that atmosphere of like freedom and exploration like is you know obviously still prevalent today. Like you look at the streams that the school is doing for the Thursday shows now and like the students that are there now and just like, I mean, granted they are doing some fucking crazy shit, like, the, <laughs> the, you know, but at the same time, like it, it, it speaks to that and to see that continue to, to be something there is a really, really awesome thing to see. Like it's a completely different environment from any other school that I, that I can recall like viewing. Yeah, yeah definitely. I will say that it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a great place to start wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So you start kind of like break like going out to some of the regional indies in like 2018 or so, right? And that's like where you first kind of enter into Southern Honor. And one thing that was really interesting to me that I discovered in like doing research to talk to you is that like I didn't realize that you and you and Kiera, your match was the first women's match in the history of that company. Oh yeah little fact there yes it was um <laughs> yeah that was a really good match that was uh, my favorite match for quite a while i'd love to redo it now that like i've been wrestling longer because i felt like looking back on it now i'm like oof that's rough but you know i'd love to redo it now <laughs> or have another one have a have a rematch or something but yeah first match first women's match was that something that in the moment kind of like dawned on you for like for this company that you were going to be in this like this history making moment and not only that like obviously that like, you came out later on down the line but it's two queer women that mm-hmm. are in this match in a company that's running in canton georgia uh, yeah <laughs> that's kind of weird when you put it like that yeah that's true um i don't even know was she out at the time too or, i mean she was, i don't think so she was think she... out, but yeah i don't think she was like as open about it and out as she is right now um i can't remember the time frame because i don't remember what year that was what, what, what did we say 2018 it was 2018 yeah so kiera yeah. i think like the the big like public coming out was in 2019 for her yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i remember okay yeah i know wild huh and we both kind of didn't really have it out there like public knowledge or anything um it was just kind of a low-key thing so at the time it wasn't advertised but looking back on it like you said that's kind of cool to see we also had people like ashton star on that show too that were a main stable like you know one of the pillars that started that show Mm -hmm. so that was a really different thing for us to be doing too i i say different like he hadn't been already doing a bunch of stuff out here but like for that area specifically, we were trying to bring in different, just different open minds, you know? <laughs> yeah. We weren't catering to any kind of specific fan base. <laughs> now, obviously, like, you know, you're entering into, like, the, the the Georgia indie scene and the greater, like, southeastern indie scene there at a time where you are still, you know, closeted, so to speak, or, or at least you're not, like, super open about yeah. about this part of yourself, like... Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said before, like, I, I'm born and raised in Georgia. Like, I lived in Atlanta for, for a long time before moving out west. Like, I, I can understand some of, like, 
the cultural things that pop up in Georgia, so to speak, right? Yeah. Well, what was it like for you, even though you weren't like super open about it, like entering into like a Georgia indie scene where, you know, outside of someone like Simon Sermon, like you're not really getting that many like super out LGBTQ people that are on these shows and you never know how like crowds are going to react or how pe even people in the in the industry are going to react like was there any like trepidation or like what better just what were your like emotions around that at that point when i first started when i was out or when i wasn't i'm sorry when you when you weren't like in 2018 or if you're first getting into like the the georgia indie scene like you know even though you're not out and open about it like was there any like trepidation or like emotions well, about thinking. that sort of thing yeah <laughs> did i want to come out or anything <laughs> 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 I think Maybe not specifically that. that <laughs> I think at that time I was still kind of figuring it out, but it was very nice to see um, how welcoming and how much it was changing. I think I got, I keep, I always say this, but I think I got into wrestling at like just the sweet spot in time. Like I hit that sweet spot, that 2017 time, 2017, 2018, when things started to really like we started to get a lot of firsts for women and for the LGBTQ community. Um, and the big gay brunch started popping up. Um, when did that start? Cause I, I feel like it was around. It was a couple years later as a 2020. Okay. Okay. So yeah. there was another queer show that I went to that Ashton took me to. It was my, one of my first shows, like independent was the, shows that was I that had Butch ever... versus Gore. Yes. Yeah. I yes. think so. Yes, yes, yes in deer park new york which is my hometown where i grew up um and ashton was like hey we didn't really know each other that well at the time either because i was still so new and i wasn't even having shows yet like matches i wasn't match ready yet so i was just training training real fresh real new and he was like hey i had this show up in new york and i'm from there did you want to come with me it's like this queer show blah, blah blah and i was like yeah it sounds like fun that'd be cool for some reason, I agreed. We took this road trip. We went, you know, 14, 16 hours all the way up there. And and because it was in my hometown, it felt a lot cooler. I was like, oh, sh oh my God, that's in my hometown. That's where I'm from. That's so cool. So I think that did a lot for me too. Just seeing people be like so open and happy in themselves and seeing a show like that that I've never seen before. It was really fun for me to watch. And I really wanted to like be a part of it. I was like, oh, that looks fun. I want to be a part of that. Um, and I think subconsciously, I was also like, oh, I want to be gay. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe like that hit something inside of me too. But like, uh, you know, just I think the fact that it was so welcoming and okay helped me a lot to realize like that I was okay, you know, that I could be okay if I finally like dip dip the toe so i think i think wrestling had a big influence on me and my coming out mm. for sure i could i could definitely see that i don't know if butch versus gore was that show because butch versus gore was the show in dc that you actually wrestled on in 20 oh yeah 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 but you know it could have been on kenny attractions or something like that that was that was running up in the, in the new york area but still like that's yeah. that's an awesome environment to experience and, and to see the positive impact that it that it had on you very in that way like at that point like 
you know, because obviously, like, you didn't really, like, speak more to that in, until 2020, honestly. But, yeah. um, you know, I think I think this is a good point to kind of talk about the Butch versus Gore show because um, that was the first I that was the first show that I got to see you wrestle in person for the first time. Aww. And you know, you and Ronnie had a really fun match between the, the both of yourselves. Um, and but at the same time, like it's interesting looking back on that show and seeing like all the people that like obviously there were a number of out people on that show, but you know Ashton and and Mac and MV Young and Billy and, you know, and Effie and, and all that, that crew. Right. But then there's a number of other people that were on that show that slowly over time started to make their own, like coming out statements, including you. Yeah. And, and I wanted to ask you about Butch versus Gore because, you know, now hearing like experiencing that show with Ashton that he was on up in New York, like how did you view like being on one of those queer shows as you were starting to kind of explore this part of your identity? Um, it was really cool. I was very thankful to be a part of it. And I took the trip up there with two close friends, Ashton and AC Mac. So it was, uh, it was just, it started off very casual, but then when I got there and I saw what I was moving and um, and I just saw how much hard work that they put into it and how much love they had for it and for everyone involved. And I was like, this is just a beautiful thing. I wish every show was like this and every show is not like that. So I was very happy and thankful to be a part of it. Um, and I just wanted to be a part of many more to come because like I said, it's uh, those kinds of locker rooms are definitely like the most fun, the most positive locker rooms that I've been in um, all around, like personally and businessy, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the business side and the personal side, like everybody's just very, it's a lot nicer of a vibe um, and a lot more helpful, like for each other. Like, it's not like everybody out for themselves and cutthroat or anything. Not like everything's like that, but some things are. And this was more like, teamwork makes the dream work kind of deal so and like that at every show so that's why oh, sorry <laughs> they're fine <laughs> my dog yeah um do you think that that because i've heard the same thing about like some pretty much any one of the, these like you know queer focused or pride focused shows and that sort of thing like i've heard the same thing about the locker room environment from, yeah. from people that i've spoken to like do you think that that is kind of contributed or, or not to contribute but do you feel like that's because of the fact that this is like a show celebrating a community that has been like historically marginalized within the pro wrestling world do i think what is because the the, uh, the locker room environment like the the more like communal the, the community aspect of it like you know where people are like helping each other out and like it's less like you know for lack of a better term cutthroaty or so yeah. to speak right Oh yeah. I think it's, I think it's much better. And I think it's for like the, I think the main reason behind that is because we've all had like that struggle of coming up being some sort of queer. So I think there's just that unspoken bond between everybody. Like we're all one in the same, you know what I mean? Like at a regular show where there's just a mix of everybody 
it's you definitely don't feel that vibe not the we're one in the same vibe so just like everyday life like you could be walking around the street but if you're at a pride parade you'd be like oh yeah this is it this is the spot like (laughs) we're on me and everybody else doesn't care so that's that's that energy that we're looking for All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. I'm just going to take a quick break here to let you know uh, ways that you can support the show. And say thank you to some very rad people that help make this show uh, as amazing as it is. Um, first off, if you would like to support the show, we are on Patreon now. Patreon.com slash LGBT RingPod. Multiple tiers there. For everyone that feels so moved to support this show, we've got numerous uh, patron benefits over there, uh, including bonus shows that are going to be coming out on a monthly uh, roundtable of those sort of things. So uh, definitely go over and check us out uh, again, patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod. Every single dollar that is uh pledge there to support the show is very very humbling and we thank you we also have a a merch store over on brainbuster tees go to brainbustertees.com and search lgbt in the ring uh get t-shirts tank tops all kinds of good stuff and you know always looking at some new things as well but uh, definitely check us out on brainbuster tees there as well you can follow the show on social media as well we're everywhere um, that we have accounts. We're at LGBT RingPod. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, co-host, <laughs> Mastodon, whatever. We're there. Uh, so follow the show there. You can follow me at WonderboyOTM on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. We also want to give a huge thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme, uh, Formula 666, from the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, or you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp. Another great way to support the show uh, is over at independentwrestling.tv. Check out IWTV for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. You can use our code LGBT RingPod or visit uh, the URL, tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT. And uh, whenever you, uh, as long as you use that code to open your account and keep that active, we get a kickback from IWTV. So your subscription to watch all the great wrestling that we talk about on this show uh, goes to support the show as well. Thumbs up there. Of course, if you want to read more of my pro wrestling writing, you can check out outsports.com. And if you are into video games, I also co-host a video game news uh, Twitch stream every Monday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. Um, I co-host that with uh, two dear friends and Twitch streamers, uh, Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin. Um, just run through the, the week's gaming news or we throw on a game and play and just have fun and be dumb. It's it's great. But uh, you can check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment. Sun like the star. With that said, let's get back to the show. Coming out of like that Butch versus Gore show, like if 
a few months later, like you end up like, I think it was during pride month. Like I saw like you responded to someone else basically saying like you, you're the B in LGBT. Like what, what kind of led up to you wanting to speak publicly about that side of you? Um, just every, well, the people in my, in my friend group and everything, my personal life that were like, it's okay. Like, why don't you, you know, do you want to put that out publicly? And I was like, I don't really care to, like, it doesn't really matter. I could have taken it or left it, but it was something that it's not like I'm trying to get any clout or anything. Cause some people, I don't know. I hear like negative things, but you know, it was something that I, I said, I just want everybody to know exactly who I am, like inside and out. Like, I don't, I don't really have anything to hide. Like, so if that's something that shows that I'm a, I'm a loving, genuine person a little bit more for people to relate to, then why keep it to myself? You know, like I don't really need to. And it's also not something that I care to like, that was that impactful to share either. Like it didn't really hurt me. It didn't help me. It just kind of left it. Everyone was like, Oh, okay. And then we moved on. Like it's not, wasn't a big deal. And that's exactly what I wanted, but just is just one of those one of those things wanted people mm. to know who i am to relate to me a little bit better and if i can inspire anybody then mission accomplished even just one little person is is being an inspiration something that you kind of not necessarily set out to be but something that you kind of learn to value over the course of like that first you know few like few years of being in the pro wrestling space yes definitely because um like i said earlier there's a, a a lot of mixes of people and personalities in the industry so there's some that are sour and grumpy and there's a lot of others that are more helpful and happy and i wanted to be the helpful and happy side um of things so that because you know you just feel better and you make people feel more welcoming instead of like scared and intimidated to come in and try something different like Cause it's already scary enough as it is when you first get started, there's a lot to take in. Um, and then on top of that, all the people don't help. So it's, it's, you know, like I said, it's a lot to take in. So I just wanted to be the more happy and helpful side. So if I can inspire anybody, like I said, that's something that I strive to do. Um, not to be cheesy, but the rock is a big inspiration for me personally, not just as a wrestler, but like, or as a person personality, but like a, like a role model, you know, somebody that is good to look up to somebody that's like a, a good leader, you know? So that's something that I would love to have, but that's like, that's the energy that I've kind of always had throughout my life, no matter what I'm doing, whether it's regular work or this kind of work, I think I just have like a, I don't know, some sort of leadership gift, I guess, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> no i would agree like that's yeah, a good that's it's a good trait like. to have yeah so even if like one day i were to just be behind the scenes working in wrestling like i would totally be fine with that you know if i if i'm just helping other girls especially the women like that's that's what i would want to do ideally if i didn't wrestle anymore i'd want to be like one of those women locker room leaders like agents or something <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is one thing I, I really have enjoyed, like, you know, in both watching you and also watching a lot of the 
the uh, the Georgia independence now is that like, especially in the last couple of years, like we're seeing more women coming into the area. We're seeing more women like training in the area and in and, and that sort of thing where like, you know, there there hasn't always been like a, a really um like large amount of women that were getting regular opportunities at you know Atlanta area promotions, right? Like right. and I and that's one thing that I really was happy to see whenever you did return to Southern Honor post injury to hear that you were going to be involved in helping build out that company's women's division going forward. Yeah. Um, how, how did that come about? Uh, <laughs> kind of randomly, to be honest, <laughs> kind of just thrown at me like, Hey, you want to run this women's division? And I was like, sure. What's the plan? And uh, we didn't have one. So <laughs> we just kind of been going with it and uh, <laughs> I'll be straight up with you. That's, that's what's going on. So we're just kind of building it as we go, because I feel like, you know, maybe too much planning would have thrown it in the dirt, but um, we're doing our best right now. It's also very hard because we're trying to utilize our local talent a little bit more and then, um, and then, you know, reach out to more people. Um, I am trying my best to get, you know, my girls down here, anybody that I can, that can help, help us out. Like let's put on some banger matches and we have great footage out of it and everything. So it's just one of them things that we wanted to make a little bit of a difference, like get some more eyes down South. That was our main goal, like starting the show too. Um, there was a little dip in our show after COVID hit things went a little bit like not sideways, but just a little different, like, you know, different than planned differently than planned. Um, so so we had that happen and now we're just looking to kind of rebuild that because that's what we wanted to do before. Now that I'm back, you know, everybody's just really happy to see me back. They want me to be a part of it and help like build it up again. So that's what I'm trying to do. Like I said, we don't really have a lot of a plan. So <laughs> we're doing ah, it, best. But hey, that's, that's all you, you can know, ask for. To give opportunities to more people and and bring in more girls to be like, Hey, let's like really show what we can do and get out there, you know, and get up there. No, I completely agree. And, and I feel like, you know, there's a, a lot of really strong, you know, either like already sort of established or up and coming uh, female talent in the Southeast that can really benefit from another spot that wants to put a focus on, yeah. on them. You know, like, and, and speaking to that, like, I have to ask you about uh, Lindsay Snow <laughs> because. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for one, like, you know, the, the rivalry that y'all had in Southern Honor was a really fun one to watch, gave birth to the, the, the real mean girl um, <laughs> in, in that, you know, whenever that character came into being, um, but also like, you know, in IWE too, like, I don't know, like, it feels like Lindsay Snow is someone who gets kind of slept on sometimes, I feel yeah, like. sometimes, like, people forget that she was an actual fighter, like, she can kill yeah. you if she wanted to, I'm sure, so <laughs> let's not play with that, <laughs> but yeah, sometimes she can be very underrated, for sure, mm. but I like, 
I like what she's got going on at IWE, like the, the stuff that we have, it's a good story. And we have Kelsey Reagan involved in it. And um, it's almost like my second, uh, I'm not going to say it's my second Southern honor because it's an entirely different place, but it's my second home uh, mm. to Georgia. It's my second little baby. So the goal going into there was to also put it on the map more. And I feel like not to brag, but ever since I did get there, all the girls now know about it or they've heard. Mm -hmm. So mission accomplished there and, (laughs) you know, and they bring in good people. So we're kind of doing the same thing, same shtick, getting people to watch Georgia wrestling a little bit more and everything's on IWTV too. So people can check us out and see what we're doing and the moves that we're making. But yeah, those are my, those are my two homes. <laughs> no, I I love what what y'all are doing out in IWE, and like it's really it's really cool to see that area of Georgia too. Like get get a little bit of pro wrestling too. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, it's interesting to see like all these these little babies as you describe them that you have yeah, throughout the state. Sprouting up exactly. <laughs> Even the Nightmare Factory wasn't anything until they popped up around here. It was just a little baby when I saw it, and now look at it. You know, crazy. Yeah. It's wild. Well, speaking of the Nightmare Factory, that might be a, a good segue into like asking sure. you a little bit about your time with AEW because you know you were very. I feel like you were a, a fixture at some points of of the AEW Dark, uh, the YouTube series there, um, up until the injury happened, and like the I feel in- like, sorry, <laughs> the injury the so dramatic. <laughs> I don't mean to be, but it, I understand how it comes across. <laughs> but um, like, what was that experience like for you to kind of be in in that environment? You know, knowing that like you know you you had this dream of going to WWE, and then you're in AEW, which obviously isn't a one to one, so to speak, right? But it is like a vast difference from the independence in in some ways, and you know you're getting your profile out there and, and a bit higher and you know, wrestling all like all these outstanding uh, women that are down there too. Like, what was that experience like for you? Um, I think, like I said, everything happens for a reason. And I think it was a really good thing to happen to me. Um, I was still so fresh and so new in my career. Uh, like really, I was just getting started. I think maybe I'd only had two years of real experience under my belt, maybe two, three, something like that when I first got asked to do a, a little squash spot on on TV uh, with Nyla. That was around that time, right? So I was still really, really new. And um, like I said, going into wrestling, my goal, I just had one company in mind. So whenever Cody started coming around and saying like, hey, I got this AEW thing I'm working on, we were like, what? That's weird good luck and just like watched it sprout from nothing to something. And it was so crazy. Like I literally like firsthand too, cause he would come in um, to where I worked at the time and, and be working on things like under the, under the radar. And then it would pop up and we'd be like, Oh my God, like I'm watching this happen from nothing. So it was very inspiring to see. And I loved seeing the work that he was putting into it. It was, it just made me think a lot. Like it made me think, that I could go wrestle for another company, you know, like I had never really thought about it, but it was making me think about it. And because of the, you know, the foundation that I built with Cody, like as a 
like on a personal level, it was, I just felt like it was a good option. You know, I was like, I would, I would love to work for that guy, you know? So, so it was cool. It definitely opened my mind a lot more too, to what potentially I could do. Cause I had never really thought about going to another company. So, yeah. Hmm. What were some of the, like, I guess for lack of a better word, like lessons you took away from like that, that three year or so period that, that you were going down there, especially during the lockdown period of times, you know, whenever, whenever they were running down mm -hmm. in, in Jacksonville all the time, like what, what, what was your like biggest takeaways from, from that experience? Um, I got to see how the machine kind of works, you know, like how the TV machine works and everything that goes into that, that was beautiful to watch. Um, I also got to learn a lot of what I've always kind of wanted to learn. So just being on the independent scene was, was great and everything. Uh, I wouldn't change that. But once I actually got to work with, you know, a TV standard production of a wrestling match, it was like, I was home, you know, I was like, Oh, this is it. Like, this is the spot. This is what I'm good at. So, uh, that was my biggest takeaway. Like I just, I saw what I always wanted to do. I felt very comfortable. Um, and also the, uh, hmm, what was my other answer going to be? It's going to be something good. They always are. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh God, I can't remember. Oh, well, yeah, I guess, I guess it go, kind of goes back to the machine thing. Um, seeing all the work that goes into, uh, like the investment of the superstars, like how, the girls would train together beforehand and kind of create that bond uh, personally and coworker wise. And like, just so that we can all like, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like co coagulate together. Is that a word? That word, yeah, that, that fits. <laughs> yeah. Or let me say collaborate. Cause I sound less silly. Um, yeah. In a way. So I got to see like, like who all goes behind the scenes of helping other people. Like, I didn't know that a lot of the guys would maybe help other people. Like, um, I don't want to expose anything, but I think it's kind of pretty well known that Dustin Rhodes is very helpful with like training people because he has his school and everything too. So he's, he's very much always been like the women's trainer. Even I think when he was in the E, like he, he had a big hand in helping them do things too. So he was a big, uh, a big like kind of role model for me, I guess. Like he, he kind of took me under his wing and everybody else. Like I got to see how those people work too, you know, as agents and I don't know. I just got to see all of it, a lot to go into. You know, I know you spoke earlier about like, you know, that desire to be present in pro wrestling to help people like, but even push you, like if all you did was work behind the scenes that you would be happy with that. Was that something that, kind of came out of that experience or was strengthened by that experience working in AEW and seeing how everything worked behind the scenes? Yes, definitely. Um, it also helped because a uh, long, long time ago, well, first let me start by saying I, I have friends that are wrestlers still that had transitioned from just being maybe an extra on AEW to getting hired behind the scenes and helping with like other work, you know, and, and they were happy with that too. So it kind of opened my mind to being like, oh, well maybe there's not just like wrestling. I could do something else too, to help. 
So, um, so there was that. Um, and uh, what was the other part of that answer? The, uh, uh, when I first, the first person that I knew that transitioned from being a wrestler to something else was uh, my, my friend Aja. She goes by Daphne now. She's in, she's a referee for WWE. So um, she used to go to the A4 too down here. Um, but seeing her and talking to her about like, going from wrestling to being hired as a referee, it was such a big change because she didn't, she wasn't a referee before that, you know, like she had to learn that stuff. So <laughs> I, I had to ask her one day, I was like, is that, is that something you really want to do? Like, is that something you're okay with? If you were to never wrestle again, are you happy with that? And she said, honestly, yes, because I still have a stable career I'm still in the industry of something that I love. The door isn't completely closed for my future. It's still a consistent paycheck, stability in a job. Um, and she's happy and healthy and she gets to save her body in the long run. Mm -hmm. She was like, I'll take it. And that kind of also made me think a little bit differently too. And I was like, okay, you know, like just, things like that all seeing their insights and what makes it okay just opens my mind a little bit more to like being like okay if I were to never wrestle again it's not a failure at all you know it's mm. it's anything but just a new journey you know so that's it's, what made me realize it's very refreshing to hear you kind of say that because I feel like you know there's so many people, especially on like the outside looking in, that like when they're watching pro wrestlers, you know, thing if they don't like like reach wherever they feel like they should reach, or like even personally for for you know for yourself, like if yeah. it's I guess being able to understand that like there are other, it's not just a one-way street right it's not just a, it's not just the one road like there are so many other ways that you can go and kind of learning to be at peace with like finding these other routes to stay in this thing that you love and other ways to influence this thing that you love like it feels like such a like like we spoke to earlier about like this new approach that you have it's like such a, a mature place to be in an outlook for a, a business like pro wrestling or right. it can just chew you up and spit you out. Yep. And I don't think it's a bad thing to ch choose another route either. Cause like everybody's good at something and it, you might not be good at everything. And if like the physical aspect isn't for you, there's so many other different paths in wrestling for you to learn. Like we need referees. <laughs> we need <laughs> uh, people behind the scenes. You know, we need those social media coordinators, all those people like, like we need all that. You know, we need mm. ring through things like that. So there's, there's options. At least we need commentators, you know, ring announcers. There's so many different things, Inter backstage interviewers, so many different things that you can do. Mm. And it's not even just like, if you're not good at wrestling, like literally any, <laughs> your path changes. If you're wrestling and then you realize like, Ooh, commentating is really, really fun. And I'm really, really good at it whatever you're good at, go do that. Cause it's going to be fun. And it's not really going to be work for you. If you're really good at it, it's going to be easy for you. Yeah. So if you find something that you're good at, freaking drive it home, like take it and run with it. 
No, I, I love the outlook and I love that you're exploring that yourself with like this work with Southern Honor and, and, and IWE and, you know, mm-hmm. just like finding all these different facets where you can influence pro wrestling yeah. um, and still like, you know, stay in this thing that you love. It's really cool to see. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, as we kind of wind down here a, a little bit, I did want to ask you about the Out in the Ring documentary because, um, you know, obviously like when you came out, right smack in the middle of when Rye was still filming that and um and then you (laughs) sorry I said oh yeah I guess I did (laughs) well I mean whenever you shoot a documentary for five years no no shade right um (laughs) it's okay because everyone made that joke already so exactly um but but no like I'm curious like how did that opportunity come about for you to be in the film and and what was your like because it was a very emotional interview that you had in, in oh my the God, film. i know and it, he caught me at like a really good time sorry to cut you off but oh no you're me, fine go ahead he caught me at a very emotional time in my life so it looks like i'm such a big fat crybaby but like <laughs> i'm really not that's probably the most i've ever seen myself cry in one sitting like it was a lot um but that's just because a lot of a lot of stuff happened to me that year leading up to that documentary. So it was a big thing. Like, like you said, I had just recently come out. Um, I just, I think I, I think it was right after I lost my dad. So mm. that was a big, heavy thing on me too. So I was just very fragile at that time. Um, so literally anything would have made me cry. If I saw like a little bee die, you know, I'd be like, Oh, poor little bee. And I would just ball, but you know, so he caught me at a really good time, but it was a, it was fun. I think it, if I remember correctly, it was almost a little last minute. Like, like he was almost done. I, I think I was maybe one of the last ones mm. to be interviewed. I can't remember. Um, but he wasn't even there for my interview. We met on the uh, the little Zoom call thing that we did for the interview. He set up something uh, down in Atlanta that I drove to, like a little set where the camera guy was. And um, yeah, it was just me and the camera guy in the room and then Rye over, over video call. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> what like obviously like you said that rye caught you at like the perfect time for like you know all the emotional expression that sort of thing but mm-hmm. you know being contacted for being in a film like that that is like chronicling the history of our community in this you know art form business sport however you want to describe it like all of the above exactly um what did that mean to you to have him reach out and to be included in, in a project like that? Oh, it was great. Especially alongside the the number of people that he listed that were already in it or that he had already interviewed. It was something that I knew that I wanted to be involved in just because I was like, okay, this is what's going to like make me feel more comfortable about it too. You know, like I didn't even tell my mom about that interview. I don't think so. Um, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> has she seen the film? Has she seen the interview since then? No, I don't think she has seen the film because um because I don't know where to go watch it. You know, I only saw it at the screening. So right, yeah, it still is only in, in the festival circuit. Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, well, I, I I eagerly anticipate how how your mom uh, <laughs> takes that in because it is it is it is one hell of a moment. That, that you have there yeah yeah it, it definitely was yeah well danny this has been 
so much fun. I have one more question for you. I kind of like to end on on fun ones, so to speak. And I, I might have to make you choose between two more of your babies. I don't know how no. you uh, describe how, how your feelings or anything around that, but um, there obviously in Southern Honor there are like two distinct now three honestly with your return but two distinct eras that i feel like of of daddy jordan and I, i'm curious to get your thoughts on if you prefer one or the other the new era versus overkill Ooh, well that's a good that's a good question Ooh, i'm gonna go with overkill to be okay that was a really good run and it was very short it was too short for what we could have done with it like it was uh it was something that we could have like taken to the moon. It had so much potential. I think we had such a good mix of talent in that group. Um that like I wouldn't trade that group for anything. I think it was perfectly handpicked. And that's just because we were all already friends and we were just like, hey, we're really cool together. We should like bring this into wrestling and be really <laughs> cool together at that. And we were like, okay, cool. So that's exactly what we did. But at the same time, we did it independently. So it was strategic. It was like, okay, overkill is going to take over, literally. Like, it's like you send your squad out to different places. Like, you two, go here. You two, go there. You, go across the country. You know, something like yeah. that. And wear your overkill stuff. Just, like, subconsciously plant it everywhere. So, that, individually. And yet, we're all one. So, it's kind of, you know, we're all one, but we're individually unique. Like, we all brought something else to the table and we were all like such interesting personalities in our own that when you put it all together it's just an overkill of personality i would definitely agree with that yeah and that's why we named it that (laughs) it was the perfect little combination the perfect formula (laughs) i i will say like i always i think what i enjoyed the most out of that was anytime you and ashton were together (laughs) yeah i think a lot of that was a crowd favorite for sure Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, of course, of course. Well, Danny, thank you so much for, for taking the time to come on the show today. Let everybody know where they can find you online and what you have uh, coming up. Oh, yeah. Um, well, what I have coming up isn't a lot on the books right now. Um, I'd have to check my calendar. Um, I'm kind of just taking it easy, like moving slow into it, kind of just babying my, uh, my babies here at home real quick and then i'm gonna pop up everywhere else however i was just on the west coast at a lucha libre show that was really fun um and you can find me on twitter or x at uh danny jordan i believe j-o-r-d-y-n instagram is just at danny j d-a-n-i-j very simple and uh that's pretty much it you can also find my t-shirts on pro wrestling tees new shirts are soon to come for danny mr meaner jordan Awesome. And yeah, that's about it. And give me your money. Yes. Give Danny your money. Come see me wrestle. (laughs) I will say, I know you came out to the Pacific Northwest once for without a cause. I'm hoping that maybe that'll happen again. Oh, yes. I'd love to see you live again. That'll be fun. I'm reaching out to some places. So there you go. Yeah. I want to have some fun. (laughs) Well, thank you, Danny. Thank you. My thanks once again to Danny for taking the time to come on the show and chat all about what she has going on, you know, everything from getting back into the ring finally to spearheading the the women's division at Southern Honor and helping create more space for, you know, 
women and LGBTQ talent in in the pro wrestling scene down there um, in Georgia and beyond. Like it's just really it's really awesome to see the journey that she's had to go on and in the recovery from this injury and like hearing from her like where she was at in terms of her relationship to pro wrestling and and now seeing just how you know confident she is in her place and where she belongs in it you know and that whole idea of like maturing in a way like you know um i don't know it just seems like she's in a really great place at the moment and i think all we can expect uh is success however success manifests for her uh so yeah awesome awesome conversation uh, that is going to do it for us this week on the show. Before we go, though, another reminder, um, if you want to support the show financially, if you are able to do so, um, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash LGBT ring pod. We do monthly bonus shows over there. And of course, you can always uh, pledge to become a member of the roster of lovelies like Alex E, Val Capone, and Jerry Legend have done so already. You know, our monthly shows are are fun kind of detours in pro wrestling discussion in a way, you know, between uh, Oops All Fun Ones, which um, I am in the process of kind of setting out a couple more episodes of that. Um, you know, our show talking to wrestlers about passions outside of the ring. And then, of course, required reading, you know, where myself and my good friend Hollis uh, sit down and discuss a wrestling match and a film uh, in conversation with one another that we feel like fits the criteria of required reading to us personally. Um, those shows have been really gratifying to do and really fun to do, uh, to dig into stuff in the way that, that we do and, uh, couldn't do it without the support of our patrons over there. And of course, if, you know, financial support isn't something that is possible for you right now, I completely understand. Um, you know, word of mouth is always welcome as well, but, um, just keep telling your friends about our about our show. Um, I just, I want to continue to see our audience grow. Um, Patreon or no Patreon. Like I just, it's just, I, this is one of the most gratifying projects that I've ever done. This podcast, we're at 212 episodes at this point, which is wild to me. And um, I'm not jumping off of this, this boat anytime soon. And I just, I can't thank all of y'all enough because um, without that audience giving me confidence, um, I don't think it would have, the show would have made it this long. So uh, thank all of you as well. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode for all of you. Until then, though, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. Same goes for monkeypox. And can someone tell me who allowed Effie to book Baby Bop at the Big Game Brunch? I'm not against it. I'm just curious. Bye.